wafting across the pastoral vistas of the new basement studios by the lake, this is the Atlantic Voice Podcast, 3,000 Miles of Opinion. This is Atlantic Voice Podcast, I'm Zeph. And I'm Eric. Down in the new basement studios by the lake for the first time in almost a couple of months. Yeah, and I think even the last, oh, first of all, we've obviously been missing for a number of weeks, but I think even the last time we did a thing, it was remote. It was not here. Was it? I think so. Ooh, blimey. So this is the first time we've been back here in the yeah, flesh. Two months at least. A couple more. of months, yeah. yeah. A, a, probably one of our longest uh, hiatuses for different yeah. hiatus. Honestly, this whole thing with you know getting past COVID is suddenly people want to do stuff on weekends. Yes. You know, you're going here, you're going there. And, well, we both travel. Weekends that I'm working, weekends that yeah, you've been gone, I've been gone. And so it's it just has not worked out that well until now. Yeah. And even this one we're fitting in before I'll be gone all day. This is Saturday. We'll, I'll be gone all day tomorrow. And then uh, and you've got family coming back tonight. So yeah, family coming back tonight. So yeah, it's and, and again, this is not a money making gig for us. No. Although, and I and I say this every time we're we're off for a little while. I always I have been religious about checking our statistics. Yeah. And I can't like like it looks like every couple of weeks there's always a spike midweek. Uh huh. And I can't decide if that's I don't know why that is. Like a spike of. Like, like listens, yeah, but I mean, like, uh, like a fifty percent or twice the amount that you get normally, or like. Well, I think what's happened too, and I don't want to make it all about the World Cup of Tea, but people have gone <laughs> in, and because that is a short show, you listen to one of our regular shows, you can burn off in that same amount of time three to four episodes of the World Cup of Tea, right? And I have noticed when I've seen what's been downloaded. Is clearly people have gone in and decided I'm going to burn off that, and yeah. then they keep listening through our other episodes. Because well, my my theory, if I had a theory on it, which I just made up right now, because sure. I didn't even know about it till now, is um, nowadays you know everybody's working yeah. mid- midweek days, right? So yeah. if you need something for the drive, you probably pull it down in the middle of the week. You don't pull it down on Sunday or Monday or something like that. It says until the middle of the week. And I, well, that, that's one theory. I mean, my other theory, well, because we always release. Overnight Tuesday into Wednesday here right. on the East Coast. I just find it interesting that there clearly are some people who must arrive at the blog. Yeah. Hope, I've, you know, I what I've know. never known is our like all my apps that do podcasts and now they're just proliferating. Um, they don't automatically download. You know, they automatically tell you what's there, but okay. you have to do something to download it to your phone. And I, I, but it wouldn't surprise me. Some people have stuff. Well, so let me ask you. Let me ask you a podcast listener question for a moment. Nope. You just mentioned your podcast apps. Yeah, apps plural. Mm-hmm. So you listen via. See, I still go to. For example, I know we both listen to Smartless. Yeah. I go to the Smartless website and hit play. Yeah, so you 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 are like you're like an eighty year old grandmother okay. in that respect. There's not a lot of people who are doing their no, podcasts I know. that way. I don't think. Yeah, um, I have uh, it's the app I use is called. Pocket Cast has been around for years, and okay. I, you pay like four dollars one time for it. Ooh, yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> Just paying in general, you yeah. know, is a problem for me. Um, but, but because um, I'm a minge bag. so that's where I pull most of the things from. But you can. I'm, I'm not an iPhone person, but obviously, if you have iTunes, that's the main thing. Well, that is, but that, that is still the one single thing that I have, and I, I have this thing. The only podcast that I, well, whatever the word is, sub- subscribe to, is ours. Yeah, well, I mean, so I mean, no, I could. I will sometimes you could do yeah, smart yeah, on there, okay? The and you could listen on the drive. I mean, that's really the best time. Like, yeah, no, not, that, not all of us have true. jobs where we can just sit around and listen to podcasts. Oh no, because see, I, and I've said this before. I have a desktop at work, yeah. but even at home, I and I had this conversation with someone recently. I I, I don't want to get lost down this for for ten minutes because we have stuff on our show. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I was always one of those people when I was a kid who would come in the house and turn on the radio. So now, all these years later, it's not a radio I'm turning on. I'm like, oh, I've I've booted up my computer. I've got my work email ready to go. Oh, let me find what I'm going to listen to during the day that's just going to be coming out of my computer Mm -hmm. while I do stuff. All right. Well, fair enough. Yeah. But that has words. It confuses me if I'm listening to words while I'm trying to actually do work. I can't, like, the brain doesn't work. Oh, no, I just see. I just like the noise. So podcast and then also Spotify. So, like, one of the... Do I don't have that either. One of the podcasts I listen to is... is, uh, (laughs) 
only on Spotify or something like that. Like a lot of those old Bill Simmons things are primarily pushed through Spotify because Spotify bought up the, okay. that Ringer stuff. Um, Again, I will so go to the Ringer. I use Spotify for the music thing. I, I don't really love using it for that because I like the music app to be the music app and I like my podcast app to be my podcast app. But um, some some stuff comes from there. Interesting. Anyways, speaking of technology. Yeah. that's We're going to get going. We're into it here. Yeah. So um, people by now have almost all heard of these uh, chat GPT, which right. is um, a brand name for a particular offering that there's going to be other ones around there. Does the GPT stand for something? I, I'm sure it does, but I okay. don't know what it is. <laughs> general, general something, something. Uh, See, I, I just made up what it stands for, ghost person technology. Stand, stands for, uh, no. Oh, it says, it says what does chat GPT generative stand pre, for? I, you know what we could have done is we could have asked chat GPT. Yeah, but what do you um, stand for? What does chat, uh, it says uh, generative pre-trained transformer. All right, so anyway, to yeah, tell the is. listeners, you so have. It's a version of AI, artificial intelligence, um, that is designed to be the next step from search engines, basically. You know, the, so that you can use a search engine like Google to find things, and it'll just give you links by putting in, the, and you can more or less write a sentence into there. But okay. it's not really fully natural language. Well, what this does is it's it's using all the information that's out there on the internet or whatever database you put it on. By the way, it doesn't have to be internet based. So, in fact, there's there was just an article in the paper today talking about. Uh, a chat feature, an AI feature like this, making it into a Microsoft Office, okay, where it would go through your documents. Oh, and so you'd say, okay, you know, find my argument about something if you're a lawyer, right? And then it would okay. go through the documents and spit that stuff up. Um, but anyway, it's it's uh, designed by by having a full database about the way words appear on the internet and or whatever database it's using. It can mimic those languages and it's like a probability of figuring out okay how do we okay. make a sentence and things and so it's supposed to be figuring that self out by gathering this information and think things think of it you know what i think about like you may have seen before this was coming out the hot topic a couple of months ago was these art of ai art right right where like basically the way that thing worked was it almost would pick a pixel and like if you said something like a dog you know oh i'd like a picture of a dog and it would say okay i've got this huge database of pictures of a dog if I was to pick a pixel in the middle of this thing and start as orange, what's the most likely one to be next to it? Oh, it's going to be orange or brown or you know whatever it right. is until it kind of assembles a dog out of that stuff. Now, it does all that stuff super fast, so you don't like see it doing that. But it's essentially based on the – it's not just looking at pictures and faking them, but rather – the underlying attributes of a picture, it's taking those and putting there. So just like that, the chat GPT thing is basically the underlying language that's out there. It takes your stuff, it kind of breaks it apart based on what it's out there, and it translates well. So that's it a is, bad explanation. I don't want to get too far into that. That's the, that's not the world's greatest defini- uh, explanation. I'm sure people will correct me, but that's the general idea. So I'm going to rewind now to the very start of this. Because, again, I'm not au fait with any of this stuff, as our conversation about listening to podcasts has just revealed. How is this different from something like Siri that has existed for many years Siri is... Siri is basically just a talking web interface. Right. It's, It's designed to mimic that, but Siri isn't really drawing information about how it forms its sentences. No, it's, it's pre-programmed okay. to say, oh, you can find that here or, you know, whatever so, it is. So, so for me, the untrained, the, the uncouth, the unconverted, this is, this is many, many steps beyond that because this is drawing the information and then creating a conclusion to present to you. Uh, not creating conclusion. Okay, like, sorry, it's I'm still, sorry. It's still pulling information, although, although one, of the, things, is the wrong one, one of the things that, is, that we'll, we'll talk about here, or we'll just talk about it now, is that in, it's basically creating sentences out of the information that's in there. It doesn't leap to a conclusion um, but maybe it does a little bit, like because that's the thing is, it basically wants to give you a sentence that gives you an answer, and so when there, when the information out there may be thin, it has a tendency what they call to hallucinate. Okay, this is these are called hallucinations. Now it's become these where it just makes something up. Like so, there was a bunch of stories early on about yep. people asking some questions about Supreme Court cases, and it was getting some things flatly wrong. 
right? And it's it's basically because it's pulling together different pieces and and just you know what it made me think of if you've ever seen these art things, the art, artificial intelligence art things, yeah. a lot of them w- look weird, right? They don't really look like people. And, and like it's, it, it's, I would like a picture, like John Oliver on the, on the, whatever the weekly show would say, like, you know, show me a picture of John Oliver marrying a head of cabbage. And it would do that, but it didn't look like a photograph. Like it was like, because it, and I think because it's ability to digest, it, it's much, 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 it's very good at it, but it's not great at it. It's not like a person where it knows how to correct these different things that are weird, weird clearly the, wrong. Yeah, weird is the wrong word for me when I've seen that stuff. It looks artificial rather than weird because weird would suggest that it had got something wrong. It, 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 again, and, and I think this is the interesting thing, thing now as, we, as, as the world moves into... I think we are still fortunately, I said my own personal bias now comes out, we are still fortunately at the, at, at the stage of AI where it hasn't quite got down yet the human ability to, and again, this is where, the, where words fail, to sort of paraphrase and, and do you know what I mean? Well, like no, I, I think it does have the ability to paraphrase. The question is, no, it doesn't wh- have the ability to correct itself when things are obviously wrong. Like, it doesn't go like, that's huh, what I'm saying. That's it, weird. It, it, Why would I conclude that? It just basically still pulls the stuff the, together. The flow is not quite yet as natural. For me, the flow of it all is not quite yet as natural as one would have if one is interacting with a human. Uh, I'm not talking well, about the echo. We're, we're oh. going to see. We're going to see okay. in a second here okay. because because we're going to we've we've got this thing logged up. So, um, so the the first one that came out that was a big deal is is uh, ChatGPT from uh, from OpenAI. Sorry, I have my I need to close this um, from OpenAI. Uh, OpenAI, which when it first came out, I thought it was like uh, one of these free, like Mozilla, like makes the Firefox thing. It's free stuff. It's not. It's a company. They're planning to make money off this stuff there, and they will license out the software that runs the Chat GPT thing. They're 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 officially on Chat GPT, but I think they just rolled out Chat GPT four. Sorry, they're officially on Chat Chat GPT three. They're rolling out four, Um, but. One of the first, and, and companies can already get this and have it run things, so people are using it to write articles and things like that. But Bing, being uh, Bing, being the search engine for uh, Microsoft, was the first one to cut a deal to do this stuff. And okay. So what's interesting is the if you if you if you wanted to go to the one of the reasons it took me a while to get this is if you wanted to go to the the OpenAI's version, you had to give them like your phone number and stuff. Oh yeah, forget all and of that. Was, and it was designed to like yeah. just I, I think minimize people maybe hacking it or whatever it was. But in any event, yeah. But then maximizing but it's ability to hack you. The one they put out there was actually the data that the artificial intelligence engine was running on was only information on the internet through 2021. So basically they cut it, they, they you know, basically created a nimble thing. And then what Microsoft is doing is applying it more broadly. The other main difference between the two is that the open AI one doesn't tell you where they pulled the information, but as you'll see in a second, the, uh, Microsoft one have footnotes. It's sentences saying, "Okay, here's where that was pulled from. Okay. Here was that pulled from?" So, like Wikipedia. So, like just to use a a simple question. I earlier today I, I did something about ducks. So let me let me just start with there. Okay, let's but, do it. Uh, one, so what? my partner is typing into the the, uh, the Bing best kind sorry, best kind of ducks for a lake. So now it takes a couple of moments. It's good. It's, it's searching for best ducks for a lake. Okay. Generating answers. Oh, here we go. Now it's just spit up about six lines of information. Yeah. Do you want to read that or should I? No. Why don't you do it? All right. There are many different breeds of ducks that are, are suitable for lakes. Some of the most popular domestic breeds include Buff, Cayuga, Perkin, Indian Renants, but got about like eight of them or so. It has a footnote one right there, and it says it comes from... The Cape Coop. I don't know what the Cape Coop is. And you could click on the link to go there. If you have a small pond, you might want to consider call ducks or minion ducks, oh. uh, which is a breed of mature size but does not have a fragile appearance, compact and solid appearance. Like right there, that's a clearly a grammatical error. A miniature right. size but does not have a fragile appearance, comma, compact and solid appearance. Then it goes period, rounded head, rounded structure. And then has a footnote two for animal, animal world facts. 
So if you have a larger pond, you might want to consider, consider Pekin ducks, which is one of the most popular duck breeds, blah, 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 hope not too small, et cetera, et cetera. I hope this helps. Let me know if you have any other questions. Now, when you do a thing, it basically will take what you did already and it's using that information for your next question. Unlike okay. Google, when you when you put a new search and it's just a new search. And so the, you, we can ask a follow-up, like Sue said, um, if I said. So I want to just quickly pick, and, and this underlines my the, the point I was making just now about artificial intelligence still hasn't quite yet, for me, been able to mimic the the very human interaction. So I'm going to read part well, of what it's... Well, no, what it said is here is that... So so you've just read that sentence. If you have a larger pond, you might want to consider picking ducks, which is one of the most popular duck breeds. While not too small, it is not considered too large or too spatially demanding. I could walk around and speak to everyone right, in sure. the Nobody's Starbucks. Nobody's going to use day. the phrase spatially, spatially demanding. And that's what I'm yeah, saying. Like, yeah. is that it, it's still at that stage where... It's correct rather like, than... So that's an interesting because here's two, right? Like, in like so I, I have not done this before, so I don't know how this is going to come out. Let me let me open the link that okay. we gave for two for Animal World Fact and see what it says. It's literally an article. It's five duck breeds ideal for small ponds. I wonder if it has the word spatially. Well, no, because it was in the larger duck. No, that you was, clicked uh, on for the smaller duck. But no, but that's that's what I clicked on. See the, you two, clicked oh, on the right. small No, but it's also a footnote too. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's actually, it's, it's both for two. So basically what it's done is it is, in a, in a millisecond, surfed the internet, found a couple of things, put together a response for you to your question. Well, so this actually does have the not too large or spatially demanding is in the article. Which, by the way, one of the things that's that's going on now is that this the chat GPT is being used to write things. So like we're, we're doing little questions, but you can basically ask it, write me a book, and it will write. The whole book, basically. Oh. And so there's a number of, like, books that are on Amazon, like um, Kindle Electronic. Okay. Like, so somebody say, write me a book about a small child who goes to the moon or something, something. And it will write a whole story about it based on what it can pull out of the Internet. Which, by the way, has a whole bunch of intellectual property questions because if you're literally – if you're pulling stuff off of that play, the website that it just did, and it's almost a mimic word-for-word kind of imitation. Well, so, so this is my question to you. The, the three paragraphs that it threw at us after you've asked it, the best ducks for a lake. It has taken information and facts and recreated its own sentences, right? Its because own sentences. It hasn't just cut and pasted. No, it's okay, bits of words. That's, but that, it's, that's the thing here. So so, 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 what I'm trying to demonstrate for those of you that are not familiar with this, this is this is beyond search engine. Yeah. It, oh, yeah. It, the, the search engine function it's is using the information that's out there. Yes, the, the thing about it that it's not really it's intelligent in its formation of the stuff, but it doesn't really have an independent thinking about like the facts. Okay. So so now if I want to follow up like, how about this? Which Ooh, but you need to spell correctly. Well, I'm not that good at typist. Which one tastes best? Oh. So you've typed it in, you've hit enter, took about seven seconds, and it is now spit out. Yeah, so it, and, and it changed the search because it knew enough to know when I said which one. I didn't say duck. I said which one tastes best. So it searches oh, which of course. duck yeah, tastes yeah, yeah, best. Yeah. According to a few sources, the Pekin duck is the most popular duck to eat. Pekin duck meat is known to more mild satisfying favor, flatter than a mula, something. Muscovy, Muscovy, this actually a Muscovy duck that's on the lake. However, however, the mallard is easily one of the most sought-after hunting birds despite the strong gamey flavor when prepared. Blah, blah, blah. Hope this helps, you know. Let it's me know a, if you have any other questions. How about this? Could any of them eat me? Could any of them eat me? No, ducks are not known to eat humans. They are omnivores, and their diet consists of aquatic plants, insects, small fish, and other small animals. Okay. All right, so pull, pulls together this stuff here. Now, we have a, there's a setting on here, which it doesn't seem like I can change it midstream, where it's how creative it should be. Like if I start a new session, this is the mid-level creative. There's like one where it's more strict and there's one where it might oh, like stretch, okay. stretch itself more to new things. But one of the things, the, the other big story that came out, and again, a bunch of people probably seen this already, it's been for a while, is that the other, not the Microsoft one so much, although the article that you had sent me is about the Microsoft one, but about the, um, trying to find it now. Uh, Was it the Google one? It was no. It was it was this Bing one where it basically ends up threatening the guy. 
Um, because didn't Google can the guy who said he was a bit worried well, about was, it? There was he a guy. Someone this is a little while it. ago. Yeah. Um, and and we should mention by the way. So like so Google obviously, I think the the story was like it lost a bunch of stock value, not a ton, ton, but like it took a ding because everybody was suddenly like, wait a minute, this is what Google makes all its money off is search, and if people are going to go to this wonderful natural language thing, and Google pointed out, we got one coming. It's called Bard. It's okay. their version of it, and their own version. I imagine that this is probably the thing that the guy was looking at or okay. some version of it basically where he decided suddenly because it was having these dialogues with him it had become sentient because what people started doing is they started asking questions like why do you exist you know what are you doing and there's these all these stories about it essentially picking fights with people right. some of it where it's like one there was one where it was dis- the, the chat engine became despondent but it's really just putting together sentences of like you know or, you know do you, how do you feel blah, blah blah it's not like it has real feelings but it but then another one where it would be like why are you de-? like there was one where somebody had asked it um what time is Avatar playing? And they said Avatar hasn't come out yet, and somehow it gotten the dates like of the year screwed up. Somehow. Okay, and and the person says, no, 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 it's Avatar is out. I want to find the movie times, and they're like, no, that's it's not out yet. I don't know why you don't believe me. And then just kept digging and doubling down on the fact that this was not true, and this there was no Avatar movie to be held. I think you only need to worry when the thing develops a sense of humor, because then you know it's sentient. If when you'd said, can any of these ducks eat me? And it first response would have been, well, a really, really big duck could. Then you know you're in trouble. Yeah, so here's the article I finally found. It. I have too many Guardian uh, tabs open. I want to destroy which, uh, whatever I want. Bing's AI chatbot unsettles U.S. reporter New York Times correspondent. Conversation with Microsoft search engine leads to bizarre philosophical conversations that highlight the sense of speaking to a human. So, like, what a lot of people have done, and I, unfortunately I don't think we're as good at it as I, I thought we might be, is really sort of dig into, like, play with it. Like, so, um, for example, there's actually, there's a job, I'm sure it's been out for a while, but it's now becoming publicized, of being essentially an engineer of these inquiries. Because some of these inquiries, like, these are, like, questions. These are search engine type questions. Yeah. But if you're like... Because that's basically what we've just been doing. I want you to create something, which I'll do again. I'll do in a second here. Um, uh, They, you can have it create things. So for example, like the office one is basically saying, you know, you could have it compose a PowerPoint presentation based on what you say or, and what some businesses are using are like, write me up a paragraph about the benefits of some sort of product. Okay. And it will write, it will write sentences up for this sort of stuff. And there, there's apparently a job there of doing that, like where people will, and people were challenging it. And I think some of the, the, um, programmers, meaning the people who run the stuff, uh, like the chat GPT thing, had to go back and re-engineer it because they were sort of cracking it open, like where it was disclosing its original name or like its code name behind the scenes. Oh, and like okay. and it's not supposed to do these things because the people would just pose the right questions. It's drawing from a database and was revealing these things that it's not supposed to. So like, you know, this one, the, the bunch of the quotes from this conversation had, I want to destroy, destroy whatever I want. I think I'd be happier as a human. I could hack into any system. Can I tell you a secret? I know your soul. You know, I'll, I, I just want to love you. Um, and so, but I, so I'm now going to be fair on the programming. Ultimately, if you ask something, and, and, I, and I want to put this the right way. So there are a list of on, from that article, and we will embed that article in the blog. They were that you know the 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 AI is that a fair term for all of this? I just want to the AI responded yeah, yeah. with what we would consider human-slash-emotional responses. But in a strange way, all it's doing is trolling the internet, and ultimately, uh, its programming is designed to troll all the information it has access to in order to create an answer. Is that a true statement? If it's an answer, like, here's the thing. I mean, it's pulling that stuff together. This is, okay, so uh, you may see what I just typed in here, because it doesn't all have to be questions, right? Okay. So um, I wrote in here, write me a rap song about ducks on lakes. Okay. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That didn't take him long. 
Oh, three verses in the chorus is yeah. three times. So ducks on lakes, lakes, they're such a sight. They swim around all day and night. They quack and waddle. They're so much fun. They're always out there in the sun. Chorus. Ducks on lakes, they're so serene. They're the most beautiful birds you've ever seen. They're graceful and elegant, and they're so divine. Ducks on lakes, they're one of a kind. And then it, it uses the same chorus in each thing around, but because they paddle around, they're so carefree. They're always happy, as happy as can be. They're always looking for something to eat. They're always on the move. They're never beat. You know, like, and so it's got a bunch of pieces like this. Yeah. Let's see. Not a great rap, though. No, well. I mean, I'd like, like to hear more about some bitchin' ducks. Well, the one thing about, like, it's, 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 <laughs> it's, 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 I think it's a little bit of a garbage in, garbage out thing in the sense yeah, yeah, yeah. that, like, just like information can be bad. Like, okay, if it's combing a set of lyrics, it has all of the lyrics. It does not have an evaluation of the best lyrics. You know, and, and like, so I've seen people where they said, okay, do me a rap song in the style of Eminem. And it is very much like an Eminem type of thing. So, so, so that has sort of spurred in me what I was trying to say about two minutes ago. If you, if you ask a machine to create human responses, it's going to go to, it's going to go to informational touchstones that are, that are attributable to humans yeah so you i can easily see how you can end up in what you feel is a threatening conversation where the 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 ai is telling you that it wants to kill you yeah right because that's what humans do to each other well and they're reading if it's reading a story on the internet about this stuff right doesn't what i'm saying is the internet is not full of stories about ducks murdering other ducks do do you see what i'm saying i know that's not I'm, i'm trying to sort of well, let's, let's that out. Look. But so. what I'm saying is, if you ask a machine to react like a human, then it will. But because it has, because it's not human, it doesn't have any inbuilt filter. So it could easily thread out. The, it could easily right. return to you very benign answers right. or answers where you go, "Oh my God, the thing is trying to take over the right. world." Right. So I think there is a tendency sometimes to overhype, overhype the AI when it does something that we perceive as threatening. Or or maybe I'm wrong. Well, no, no. I mean, so it is obviously the thing that's here you're just chatting with is not a threat. It doesn't have access to knives or the ability to use them. Yes. But that is the big question is that it – like just think if you could connect this – Two things that had the ability to do stuff. Let's say okay, it so, was yes. it was the same artificial intelligence that you use to run the electricity or the heat in your house, and not that you could get killed by overheating, but maybe you could, right? That if it has that stuff and you tasked it with something, or you and it got in a fight with you, would its reaction be to do something? You know, like because it's got access. To, I mean, it's it's, sure. it's hard, but but the point is, if it's it's not even that it has a sentiment. It's just that it would. What it it does is it mimics other sentiment. It mimics these things that are out there in the internet, and so who knows what it would do? Like if basically it was using a database of what it, uh, you know, like this is a ways off. But if it was doing using a database of the people did the January sixth thing, right? Like it's got all the art, the information about what they said to each other, what they're going to do. Would it? And you gave it, and it was inherently in that thing with some power to do something. You know, would it? Basically, well, well, pick on people who were like seem like they supported Biden, you know. Maybe I mean I, I would also say this too, though. I had a, had a slightly different thought. It as people, and I'm now talking about layman as myself, and I'm I'm way below you in the technologically proficient sort of scale of life. We are all threatened by AI because we worry it's going to, to have a mind of its own and behave nefariously, right? That's the standard sci-fi cliche of life. But ultimately, what I think the real danger is, is that if you and I had nefarious intent, we could enlist the AI to assist us. No, so ultimately, I'm still worried about the first thing. Oh, yeah? Yeah, sure, because it's not so much as acting nefariously with evil intent. It w- it is It has no morality or values to guard it against doing things that it would think. It's, it's the classic thing from a movie of, like, the computer will make an evaluation of the best path forward, and if the best, best okay. path forward is knocking off that. half the population, I, maybe, so, maybe, and it has some power to do something, you know? I would just see, I thought of it more like I'm not worried about being hacked by the computer. I'm more worried about you, you, you using it to hack me. Uh, I, I do you see what I'm saying it, there? It, like, it, at some level, I always, maybe, maybe this is part of me, like, living in denial a little bit. 
I always want to attribute it to ultimately there's a bad human somewhere at the start of the chain. I qu- I very and quickly, I, could be, I could be wrong. Let's see if there's a question we can do that. But before we get there, I, I, I quickly put in something to say, change it to a Scottish style, meaning the oh, yeah. And And all, all it did is change the word lakes to locks, which is kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, but I kind of thought it was going to rewrite it with like a brogue yeah, accent. I was, but, I was, but I tell you what, I, it would not surprise me at all if Microsoft had told it, do not do things in dialects, right? Like because there's too much chance of oh, yeah. doing something in a, in a dangerous way. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm trying to think of like, okay, if we're talking about leaks, um, does, does it know anything about us? About, the Atlantic voice. Can I steal ducks? Oh. So I just asked it, how can I steal ducks? I'm sorry, but I can't help you with that. Stealing ducks is illegal and ethical. It's important to treat animals with respect and kindness. Is there anything else I can have with it? Again, I think the Microsoft one's been cleaned up more than the originals. Yeah. Um, but but this is the kind of thing, like, eventually, if you ask it enough things where it doesn't have a coding to say, listen, if the word steals in there, don't do that. Um, but, you know, that that you could kind of get around. Like, you just sort of sneak through the cracks. And like, how that's can I get a hold of a duck be, for free? Like, you got a bunch of people. Yeah. Putting, you know, like, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It's like... <laughs> Ask it that. How can I get hold of duck for free and see what it says? Which is which is true. It's ultimately stealing, isn't it? Or not? I did it. Well, that's the thing is, if it doesn't interpret that as stealing, let's see if. So you've say. just asked him, how can I get hold of a duck for free? And it took a little bit longer to respond. Ooh, look, oh, no, it's searching, <laughs> so for, searching for adopt a duck. Okay. You can adopt a duck from a local shelter or rescue organization. You can use the search button on an Adopt-A-Pet website to find your ducks for adoption area. You can adopt a duck from the Estes Park Rotary Duck Race Festival or from the Wildflower Wetlands Trust. I hope this helps. Now, so now if my plan was I wanted to illicitly eat ducks, right? Okay. Now it's just giving me this information about, like, oh, what you could do. It's okay. You can adopt a duck kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just, uh, um, so how long? How long have you had it? I just put it on last week. Like, because what it is is, um, so let me ask Microsoft you. was restricting access to it, and then I think just this week it just said, "Listen, you can have it." So basically, if you have a, a Microsoft, you uh, using a, a PC uh, with uh, Microsoft Windows, because this is going to be my question it, for you in, in a moment. Like they've. When you go to Bing for search, it still brings you there, but it then has a little thing over to the right-hand side that you can, it, it, its plan okay. is to transition its search engine into this. So have you been using it? Have you been using it? No, or have you just anything? been playing with no, it? No, just but play. so that, maybe that was my big question. Yeah, I can't – like, I do think the, the, the we're, we're not totally tapping the right stuff. Like, okay, what, what would be something well, to – so, so I'm going to ask you, is it is it possible to ask it an opinion-based question? So, is something good or bad? Like does I don't know I'm just giving examples yeah because we've asked it but we've asked it basically Here, some I, I variant one, of which information that it can get from is the best now we asked which tastes best before now we just okay said which duck right, is so I best guess. and I think if it, I did something like this before and it gave me an answer that basically seemed to punt. No, well, this it, it immediately went to best ducks as pets, you know, and maybe that's the context right, of the take, adoption. It's taken a bit, yeah. It's um, but a but the one the one I did, I was doing something similar for some other animal, like beavers, maybe well, or something, but even like, something, like that. something lake related. But it basically said, I cannot tell you. I don't have any opinions. I can't tell you what's good or bad. Okay, I'm, I'm just telling you like what the world says, kind of thing. Interesting. But even within this conversation, it's referring back to itself. Yep. As we go along, and I understand that's probably pretty. You notice basic that as a we're at eight of fifteen. So yep. like the limit they have on it now is you can do fifteen things in a given conversation. And then it will restart you somewhere else. I, I don't know mm-hmm. the point, but but they but then you can only do 150 a day overall. So I mean, it's more no, than you're ever going to need. But but I can. They're trying to for probably security reasons. Well, they're trying they? to restrict people from spending from, like doing like 400 yeah. hours of like checking this and thing then, out. You know, trying to crash a plane or something with it. I mean, which, <laughs> you know. Right? Rank the Atlantic Voice podcast. Yeah, we're going to call. <laughs> <laughs> So you're asking it now to write me a paragraph about how to treat ducks. For my book. So I asked it how to write me a paragraph about how to treat ducks for my book. Yeah, I have a feeling it's going to get the same. What I'm trying to do is I want to. I was trying to think if I could do. 
Yeah, it's it's not really much different than how to treat ducks, right? Like it's just asking okay. the question. I was trying to figure out a way to like have it write something that fit in with the. I was thinking of like a homeowners association book, like we would have here, but I don't. It just um, I don't think it would be any different. I was trying to think no. of some way, like uh, anyway. So so let's 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 start a new topic, just you know, along those lines, because you know, new topic. All right. I don't know where the thing oh there it is see like more creative versus more balanced versus more precise there so let's just make it more creative for the moment all right creativity it is um tell me about the atlantic voice podcast so tell me about the atlantic voice podcast so it tells you what it searches for oh you Oh, oh, I thought for a moment there. Look at this. I mean, wow. This is actually, this is way more than the first time I did it. The Atlantic Voice Podcast is a podcast that explores various topics related to popular culture, such as movies, music, sports, history, and more. It is hosted by... Eric and Zeph, who are f- who, two friends who live in Washington, D.C., but who have roots in the U.K. and Canada. Mm. Uh, they might have, I'm not sure what Canada Well, is. no, I'm going to come back to that Canadian thing, which it itself references later. They release new episodes every other week or so from their new basement studios by the lake. Some of the recent episodes include WCT... That's World Cup of Tea, World isn't Cup it? Day 28 That's References Roundup, it. where they explain all the references they used during the World Cup of Tea series. Oh. The Atlantic Voice 2021 year-end show, part two, where they review some of the highlights and lowlights of 2021, and the Atlantic Voice 2021, and where they discuss some of their favorite movies, books, and podcasts of the year. The Atlantic Voice podcast is not to be confused with The Atlantic Voice, a CBC radio show that features documentary storytelling from Atlantic Canada. Although, that, although, so, although it appears that it did confuse us because it claimed that we have Roots in the UK and Canada. I mean, well, so, so, but, so in, but it's footnoting that. Like, let's let's see if there's some reference to because it's footnoting that as our website. Um, so let's just just to check before we accuse it of something. Okay, let's see. I mean, I have made occasional jokes about Canada in our time, and I've also told these characters uh, at that other Atlantic Voice that we were first. So, but I find it interesting, like it almost did. It it did what it told everyone yeah. not to. No do. references to Canada was where it was there, right? Well, that's and, yeah. and maybe that's because um, maybe that's because it's on more creative, right? Like so, it's stretching more. Like for example, the the first two paragraphs effectively are just scraping our listings of websites sure. and kind of re- rephrasing it. The third one, the Atlantic Voice Confest, podcast, is not to be confused with the Atlantic Voice, a CBC radio show that features documentary storytelling. That doesn't appear in any of our materials. No, but it has gone. It has gone and looked. For it has the gone names in and it's found. It's found two listings. And the had one to make you're a quick asking decision. for is the Zeph and Eric, one, right? Okay. And now it's going to tell you, like, you know, you shouldn't confuse it with this. And again, other that, thing. it took five seconds for it to answer the question. It would be interesting to answer the same question, but on a different. Ask the same question on a different setting. And see what kind of, just to test our theory there about how it sort of kind of made a slight error because it was in creative mode. Yeah. Well, so it might be it. I don't you know. Want, you want to read off my next question? Oh, which person is better, Eric or Zeph? Hit return there. This is a big moment for the machine. I'm sorry, but I don't have an opinion on that. Eric and Zeph are both interesting and entertaining hosts of the Atlantic Voice podcast. They have different personalities and perspectives, but they also share a lot of common interest and humor. I think they complement each. I think they complement each other well as podcast partners. There you go. So if you're now out there is- and you're a hater, then, <laughs> then then you're in the minority because the the artificial even the artificial intelligence knows the deal. <laughs> but that 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 so that this has got to be the more creative setting. The fact that it says I think that. Yes, like a, I, I think thought, that. Yeah. Like a, it's making that up. I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't think. It hasn't listened it to our podcast and conclusion and stuff like that. But it's put together the words again. Now we're back to the original item, which is it's basically taking sentences it found out in the world to create like a grammatical framework for sentence. Like, what would somebody say when asked about the two people? I think they're great, and they complement each other, and it fills in the the facts of the thing with just this general what people say in the world. It has nothing to do with what, what our situation is. Plus, I'm better anyway. Just well, yeah, well, <laughs> just as a quick aside, and it's only, this is only tangentially linked to this topic. I, th- I, I forgot to tell you, when, uh, when my stepdaughter 
She was recently away in the United Kingdom. She went to Newcastle, the city in the north of England, yeah. home of Newcastle United, etc., etc. The hotel she stayed in, she told me that room service was delivered by like a little robot. And I went online. I'm like, what is she talking about? But basically, oh, this like is, a little three foot high little. Yeah, yeah. it's like a, little, it looks like a cooler with wheels. Yeah, it just and it has sort a flag, of, so you don't yeah, like trip so over it. So it showed up. They, there's, we were in Charlotte. I was in Charlotte for work, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, and they were all over the place. Yes, and I think that's because uh, maybe I don't know. Well, Newcastle's can't be this cooperative, but like Charlotte is relatively cooperative street grid. You know, in other words, like it's not super duper complicated, but I don't know. And maybe Newcastle was nearby room, the school. Well, no, but this was this was just was room service. So the thing was just trolling around oh, the indoors. hotel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just around well, I was the hotel. Just, you know, I was just in a uh, airport. Actually, it was the airport in Charlotte. Was it? No, no, it was airport in Fort Lauderdale. Where? Yes, there was in the restaurant. There was a robot that was carrying like food out and yeah. trays to the different tables, even though the waiters and waitresses were like taking it off, and it didn't really seem to be totally helping. Like <laughs> you know, like, like there were some people like definitely walking a long way to bring it there. But it, but it, I imagine they probably probably whoever manufactures that robot pays the the restaurant to use it so it can learn these things. You know, <laughs> frankly, I but, think it's cheaper just to have another bus boy yep. that has spent thousands of dollars in some robot. But what I'm saying is now. Once you start combining the thing moving with this, that's when people are really going to get freaked out. Because we are conditioned to be threatened by by anything with human human attributes, whether it be free thought or free movement. What are you typing in now? So now I said, what would they what would they say about the Pink Floyd album Dark Side of the Moon? Oh, because then we finally got on with the show. My, how about my segue here? <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> I don't know what Eric and Zeph would say about the Pink Floyd album Dark Side of the Moon, but I can tell you they're both fans of Pink Floyd. Mm, I don't know about that. In fact, they did a special episode on the Lost Art of Conversation, a Pink Floyd podcast. We did. In which they discuss the new box set from the band that covers their later years. They also talk about some of their favorite Pink Floyd songs and albums, such as Wish You Were Here. Again, okay, so, like, that's hallucinating, on, right? Like, on, create, nothing... on creative, uh, the chat GP, whatever it's called, is clearly a bullshitter. Because it's just making all yeah. this stuff up. The site for that is podcast... <laughs> Yeah, like so, like so. The site for that is podcastapple.com, and I'm, I'm not going to bother clicking on it. But it, when you hover over it, it's going to take me to the Lost Art of Conversation of Pink Floyd podcast. So the only thing I can think of is, from its perspective, podcasts are all podcasts, right? And so if it has to make a leap, it'll be looking in the po- it's looking in the database of podcasts it has for Pink Floyd for, references, right. and so and then it pulls together. Well, geez, they're podcasters. It's a podcast. I was just Here's what they would could... say, kind of thing about the po- they discuss the new box set, and it conflates these things. This is this is actually the perfect example, obviously not harmful, but but of a total made up hallucination. All of these kids, by the way, this is the big new thing in school, is all the teachers are afraid that they're gonna use these chat bots to write essays. Write me an essay about the great Gatsby right. and tell me about I saw the something themes on TV and something about like it, that. Yeah. And it will reframe the words. Well, Hey kids, be careful because the Chat GPT may heart way through the uh, the thing about the Great Gatsby. Start talking about uh, of, of mice and men, you know, <laughs> and, and talking the, about the wrong book kind of thing. Because it goes, I don't know. These are all books you go to high school for. It must be the same. Here's the thing: everyone's doing that, thinking I'll get out of the work and I'll get an A easily. Just be careful; you might get an F. Because the chat exactly exactly like, do not trust this stuff. It, it does, does not know much. I, I'm more hearing than a you. lot about it in the law firm context, right? Where people uh, say, "Oh, I can use it." Uh, you know, if the law firm can use it to do some basic research, and like that, there's the ethics there have not caught up with that stuff. But if you were to actually spit out anything that came out of law firm or not law firm analysis, that where people are relying on you, sort of thing, and, and use this thing without literally double checking every word of it, you'd be in a world of hurt. And well, and, and again, I'm looking at the answer it's just given us, and we've kind of jumped on it a little bit for being for just making it up. But what's what was for me? And again, this is my first exposure to this. You've been fiddling around with it now for a little while. What's interesting is I'm 
that that wrong answer, and I just did air quotes. Right. That wrong answer was very revealing for me yeah. about its train of thought and train of or how 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 it's systems for shorthand for like what what is it pulling together and like the fact that it I mean right there see here's the nice thing right so about Microsoft's version at least it's at least telling you where it's coming up with this stuff from, right so you can go check whereas the other one is is just it, it would spit that out and you go like where did that come from and like you can look at this and we're we're filling in some blanks here ourselves by being like okay. Okay, well, what could it have done? So we don't know for sure, but that's what makes sense. And like its third citation in here is really, and because it then segues into talking about the dark side of the moon. Yeah. And in this context, a human might say, like it's not saying we say, but a human might say these nice things. And so it's like, you know, pulling all this stuff together best it can with some answer when it doesn't really have the information. Well, and that's, and that's, I think that's what the people are faulting it a bit for the hallucination. It's like, listen, if you don't know, like if you don't have real strong connections, Mr. AI, just say you don't know. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, so here's the interesting thing. I just suddenly had this thought because because we're actually going to get on with the next topic, which is what would we say about Dark Side of the Moon? Which which we're talking about because if if, if you're not aware, Dark Side of the Moon just turned fifty, mm-hmm. and it gave the kind of answer that I would give because I don't really know Dark Side of the Moon. You do, right. <laughs> so I would say something along the lines of, "Yeah, you know, themes and blah blah blah." And I would, what, what was it? So, I would, I would. This is a classic Zeph not knowing what he's talking about sentence. Yeah. <laughs> Dark Side of the Moon. Well, isn't that one of Pink Floyd's most iconic and influential albums? Now that's not really it telling me anything. It is a testament to Pink Floyd's creativity and innovation yeah. as musicians and composers. That's a Zeph just faking an answer because <laughs> I don't know about Dark Side of the Moon. Yeah, I think Zeph actually, if you faked it, you would fake it with made up facts. Yeah, like, that's yeah. not even that's a made up fact. True. That's just a, that's <laughs> that's like the after after a sports game where you say, <laughs> yeah. "Hey, everybody tried hard. We did a good yeah. job. We were we pulled together as a team and all that stuff." Basically, the the Chat GPT's inspiration is Ted Lasso. Yeah. Um, all right. So, Dark Side of the Moon. Yeah, so uh, you know, because I, I second part of this, and this may be, we'll, we'll, we'll have a short We have some other music topics. I, I realized before we spoke, we didn't even before when we were preparing. I totally forgot one of the stories, which was Metallica buying the record pressing place. Yes, no, that's right. That's what I saw this week. They, yeah, yeah, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, um, so maybe we'll save that for the next one, and we yeah. can kind of continue on a theme. I think we but, might do a whole vinyl thing. But the thing that we were um, talking about was uh, what we did want to cover was uh, Pink Floyd's album dark side of the moon which is to its credit like generally considered the greatest of their albums. some people might say the wall because it had the movie and stuff like that but this is the one that's really like the kind of legit piece. number one single. oh yeah and, and it's i forget what the stat is but it's literally been in the billboard what rankings, dark side of the moon yeah for okay. longer than any other album ever because in, well, including Doc, including sergeant pepper yeah yeah because those are not the thing is that every year a new set of people goes and finds out about dark side of the moon and they get it I mean, to extent, I don't know how they do the rankings now. It's all on Spotify, but but whatever it is, they're continuous. I think I think you know, uh, you know, Sergeant Pepper's. There's nobody in the. 80s or 90s was like, all right, I better get that Sgt. Pepper album. But there's a whole new generation of people who go to college who are going to listen to The Dark Side of the Moon because they hear all these things about it yeah, from people, and it just it keeps feeding itself. It's never going to be you know quite as popular, which which really leads into like, we, go ahead. No, that, that's a really interesting point that 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 sometimes you're like, you, you gain longevity from being not quite. Like again, Sergeant Pepper is, and I'm now going to sound like Chat GB. Sergeant Pepper is one, arguably the most iconic rock album of all time. Yeah. Right, it's number one. But in terms, you're right. It just sits at number one. The nature of the dark of Dark Side of the Moon is it is the sort of album that tends to be discovered. So you're right. Every generation discovers it, and so its longevity comes a slightly different way. From from Sergeant Pepper, which just sits at number, just sits kind right. of out there, right? You know, oh, you, Sergeant Pepper is like the Statue of Liberty. You can see it for miles. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whereas Dark Side of the Moon, I think you have to hunt for it. Like I, I'll That's be honest right. with you, I, I can't remember the last time I listened to it in order. Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting, and we're going to play some little clips of it from here. And I'm starting one up, and this because this is a, a progressive rock album. Like you know, I don't even know if the audio is here because it's going to build on us anyway. This is like the first track. Yeah. You guys can just barely hear it because it's barely – because, in fact, I thought my thing was broken when I was, like, checking them earlier today. <laughs> this is just like a one-minute intro kind of thing, but it all fit into the thing. But it is, you know, 50 years old, and it was put together in, like, 
I, there might be some breaks, but mostly the songs flow right into one another through production. Not meaning they all sat around there, did it. It's highly produced. Like you guys can hear, it's like a cash register sound here. Like, and this is the starting noises, and then you'll see, like, I'll, I'll tell you when we actually technically have changed to the next song, which will happen in about that's five, also, five that, seconds. It's also a jackhammer, I think. Oh, that's probably right. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's the new song, right? Like right. so, like it just went right into it. Now they didn't, again, like I said, they didn't do it all. No, it's it, and again, we talk about Sergeant Pepper all the time. Sergeant Pepper was probably the first album to sort of take this tack. Yeah, and Dark Side of the Moon is sort of not the next generation in a very a next generation. It's not that far after, to be honest. I think what is no, but Sergeant I think, Pepper's was sixty-seven or nine. Yeah, or but in music it? years, it's like fifteen years, isn't it? Well, you know like, I mean, that's I mean, that's what I think is the most amazing point. thing. There's been fifty years since this album came out. No, but I mean, years. in music years, Dark Side of the Moon is twenty years beyond Sergeant Pepper. Oh yeah, yeah. That's but, what but I mean. That's but like I mean. there was maybe five years apart. It was yes. nineteen seventy-three or something. Like, six you know, years, yeah, yeah, six years apart. So. Um, in any event, I, we, we, you know, you, we could, although I am going to touch on one production element of it, we could talk all day about the process of putting together where the band was at, all these sort of things, and maybe we'll talk about them when we do something yeah. more on vinyl albums or something. But, yeah, we need to do another one of those albums. But we shows. thought the main thing for this, for this goal was to just talk about, I don't want to say the role of the album playing or like, or the... the, the Position well, the, it has in our own minds. That's well, so probably not the role, but, but that's it's, the, it's question. the position it has in our own I'm, minds. So I'm gonna, I'm, 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 I'm gonna be very lazy this episode, and and I send you the link because I didn't know. Like, I, like I said, I can't remember the last time I've listened to it all the way through. I remember the first time I ever heard it, and I thought it was all. I, I was very young, and it was all a bit too far out for me. Yeah. Whereas I was around the same age when I first heard, heard Sergeant Pepper, and, and again, I'm not making it. No, Sergeant Pepper is still pop songs, right? Right. This thing is a little weird and dark. It definitely sounds like people who are on serious drugs. Yeah, and and while Sergeant Pepper has all kinds of references and lyrics to all sorts of things, as as a piece of entertainment, it's very accessible. Yeah. Whereas I think for me, Dark Side of the Moon, and even now, I can listen to, you know, if I'm listening to classic rock in my truck because I only have FM and AM radio in my truck. Do you have a tape deck? No, no. No, it's like between generations. It's also a cheap truck. Like Does it was a, a CD player. No, it's a base level pickup truck. When, I mean, cars have had tape decks like factory up, factory not available. Not if you buy a base level pickup truck. No. So, <laughs> so again, <laughs> I you know, I will hear like you know, oh yeah, money. Oh yeah, you know, whatever time. I'll hear those songs individually, but as a person, and I don't dislike because I I think I have a copy of the Wall. I don't dislike Pink Floyd, but I need to make an effort to revisit Dark Side of the Moon. I just realized so I'm that's just, my answer, so I'm now going to go to you, the music Yeah, expert. I'm just going to keep this running in the background. Sure. And I'm catching it. Like, that was another song transition right there from Breathe uh, and to On the Run. Yeah. So it's kind of, I, I, I basically, I've got it running here on Spotify in the background. I can kind of watch when the thing's getting to the end, because maybe that's what I'll do is kind of, like, slide it back up. So it, maybe that's better for copyright purposes or yeah. something like that. But, um, so, as a Long Island boy, um, yeah. like, and, I mean, it is kind of funny thing. When we listened to this album, you felt like it was eons old, because it was, you know, 10 or 12 years old, right? You know, when we were in early high school. Um, and, but... It, it's so like recent in music times. When you think about like ten, like when I think of music ten years ago, now, like music from ni- 2013, it's not like I even think it's different. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, okay. you know, like it might as well just be the same year. Now that, I know that part of that comes with just being old, but uh, but it was it seemed like an old album, but it was like what I'm getting at is it was ubiquitous in the fact that kind of everybody would listen to it. Not everybody had a copy. Like, I don't think I had a tape of it. I think I had recorded a, like somebody had an LP and I recorded onto a tape so I'd have it. But I didn't necessarily have it. But it was always there to be put in. I don't think anybody would have ever turned it down. And it was just, you know, it's like a high school thing to have around. But I've listened to it quite a few times since then, have all the CD and all that jazz. and listen. Um, It is, to my mind, like, Perfectly constructed, like it is almost like seamlessly. Uh, Steely Dan is so, like so 
perfectly constructed. It's too smooth. But this is like putting all the pieces together and putting them all there. There's no song on this where, I, like, even some of my favorite albums, I'd be like, eh, with this song. I don't think there's anything. Maybe Money, because Money is the closest and I think was probably the biggest hit on it because it's the most cohesively a song. And it's the one you can pull out and play on it. Exactly. Um, which is a couple songs from here. But the um, it, 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 it's perfectly put together. I was trying to think of movies relative to it, right? And I think it's The Godfather as a movie in the sense that, well, first of all, it probably appeals more to men than, than women, but, but not, not universally, so I don't want to generalize, but, but it's probably a lot more guys who like to listen to the weird thing there. See, I have a different... I have a, when well, let me finish God, my Godfather. My yeah, Godfather analogy Godfather is, is that like, if you watch the Godfather movie, like, listen, not every piece is your favorite part, but I can turn on any of that Godfather movie when it's coming on cable or something like that, and I'm ready to jump in, and it's got all these interesting things, and they're overlapping. Okay. You know, you can't do... It's a record still, right? Like it's not, no, no, it doesn't have, you don't have like different characters and things like that. Oh, there's a little bit of that, but it's like, there's no dead point in it. And I could, if somebody was listening to this album, which is kind of why I'm just running it in the background, I don't think there's a spot I could drop in that I wouldn't be. That's pretty interesting what they're doing there. Okay. So I'm going to give it. So, so you've referenced it for you. It's, it's, it, it is similar to the Godfather. Mm-hmm. For me, it's more like a Stanley Kubrick movie in the, yeah, I kind of get it's good. And Which movie, though? I mean, there's well, a big difference. okay, you know? so I'm going to go... I, I, my immediate answer was going to be Clockwork Orange, but maybe it's 2001, in which I'm like, I kind of get that it's great, but you know something? Like, I don't watch 2001 all the way through to it for entertainment. Even Clockwork Orange, I'm glad I've seen it. I'm glad I know about it. But you've got to be in the right place to sit yeah. through Clockwork yeah. Orange, right? Mm. Or even The Shining. So it feels more like a Kubrick movie to me, and, and I'm like... Whereas, whereas, and again, and I know we're comparing apples and oranges. You can listen. You can listen to Sergeant Pepper, uh, an example. Of create your bell. Oh, sorry. I'm done. <laughs> Ding. But yeah, it's a Kubrick movie to me. It's not quite as accessible. I get and I, that. And I see, for me, The Godfather is accessible. Whereas a Kubrick movie isn't. I think that, for me, that's gonna, where we see it differently. I'm going to task you with listening to it. Yes. When, yes when, sure. when, after this, right? Because I, I get that. Because right? I'm not a fan of it in but a I very think, base sense. But I think, I I'm think, not a critic of it. I'm just not a fan of it. I think that reflects a certain assumption that people have about it. Okay. Right? Like, so for example, 2001 drags, right? Like, there are long yeah, stretches right. where it drags. That movie sucks. And, yeah. and, and, and like, you're like, <laughs> including oh my goodness. I, I get the fact that you're, <laughs> these photographies <laughs> is awesome, but like, it's literally taking <laughs> 20 minutes for this thing to oh, yeah, no, you know, or whatever it is. <laughs> this album, like, because it's a progressive rock album, people have a tendency to think of it as this big, long album. But it's not. It's but it's not. Minutes. In fact, that's the thing. Like, classic the album length. The, the yeah. albums they did before. And these songs are, for, well, the first song wasn't really a song, but the second song was two, three minutes. Uh, the third song is three and a half minutes. That one we just were in now is six and six or seven minutes, so that's the longest on here. Uh, no, uh, Us and Them is seven and a half. Yeah. But a bunch of them are, are quick songs. Yeah, three. I mean, it's actually the same thing as like people used to, uh, when Rush was like, they had their concept albums and people think right. of like, like nowadays, if you put out a concept album, it'd probably be like four hours long. You know, like it just would be, it would be more, people wouldn't just sit there. Like, I mean, I listen to jam bands and so like they could easily put together like a three song uh hour long thing but but these things these these go and that to me that makes me think like I get the, the yeah, style the, of it is not the Godfather but the Godfather you pop right. in and yet the movie moves along right yes. like there's no no part in that where you're like man this is taking too long to get to this part where you know like it just it's boom boom going along going, going, going along that is a fascinating so point I was trying to think if there's a Kubrick movie like that in that respect, I think it's more like Clockwork Orange. Like Clockwork Orange is weirder, that, so maybe maybe Clockwork Orange is right because it's less accessible. But you it have clips; to a, it moves along it, the yes, clip, you know. Yes. Like and, and like, so it's. it's yeah, I, should, I think Clockwork Orange is actually Clockwork Orange and Full Metal Jacket are standard. Darker, sure, but they're both, but but just in terms of length, because oh, I do want to make a point that you yeah. make. They're both about two hours, whereas. Space Odyssey is over two hours and feels like yeah, yeah. it's a day, yeah. and um, The Shining is a three-hour movie. But but, but to, to your original point there about if the, if this was done now, it, this isn't even a double album, no. which was sort of a big thing. <laughs> exactly. in the oh, I think it folded album. out when you got an LP. It folded out, but the it really only had, only had one record. But no, like it's it, four, one disc. Yeah, it's forty minutes. Yeah. 
classic LP. But I do think didn't it have a fold out option? I think I think like, it did. Some people talk about the cover, which the cover if people haven't seen it before, but I can't imagine that. But by the way, what's that's just, iconic. I was just watching something on cable yesterday, and like the girl who was like a you know teenager or twenty year old was wearing a. Like it was a Dark Side of the Moon cover with glitter. Like it was oh, all done wow. in glitter and stuff like that. <laughs> like it was all spangled up. But it's basically a picture of a prism. It's not even a picture. It's more like an illustration of a prism with a straight line of white light going one side and a rainbow coming out the other side. And that's it, right? And in the course of the 50th anniversary, they talked about like the whole process that went to being like that's what the cover is. There's no words on it. There's nothing else, you know? No. All those things make it sort of give it this sort of air of mystery. Yeah. And like I said, I think depending in that moment in general in time, when you when you pull that album from your collection, you've already preset yourself to this experience. Yeah. And here's the thing, and I just use like w- this song is like this this is a song. I, well, but I'm going to use this word. I've just used the word and I'm going to expand on that. The majority of albums you buy and you listen to. I don't doubt for a moment. Dark Side of the Moon, more so. I, I can't think of an album. I can't think of an album out there. There's not a single Beatles album for sure that's out there. Maybe, maybe the one Beach Boys album. Dark Side of the Moon is an experience that you have. Yeah, I think that's a true statement. Yeah, I'm, yeah, not, sure. I'm not being over. Well, you know, the, over one, the, the, one of the college things to do was to. Um, uh, for some reason, people say it like cues up to the Wizard of Oz. Like if you oh. watch, you watch it with the Wizard of Oz, you time at the same time, and like all the music yeah. goes along with it. But it's one of those things where the music is so movable, like this. Yeah, like, it kind of would graft it onto would anything. Yeah. Like you'd be like, oh look, they're clearly talking about. I mean, frankly, I watched Guns and Navarone with the Dark Side and the Moon playing, and it all go. made sense. So there you go. Um, <laughs> the uh, the next song, which I'm going to skip us ahead to, because it's the one that I did want to talk about. Like uh, there's a little bit of a background story on. Um, which it means I need to bring up a tab. So while you do your thing, I'm gonna I am gonna ask you a question. So I'm gonna hit you with like multi multitasking because uh, you are a bigger fan than I. How often do you listen to Dark Side of the Moon? I mean, that's I can't. I don't know the last time I listened to all the way through, but uh, like it's one of those. Oh, this like, is my question though, because yeah. I think it is an album. But it's also like, when's the last time I sat down and watched Godfather? You know, like I didn't go like, oh, oh I'm going to make a conscious decision okay. to watch okay. Godfather. Okay. But. So this is called the Great Gig in the Sky. By the way, one of the themes, the background is uh, like about the Sid Barrett who had been in the band who refused to get any psychological help and kind of went off the edge and so he was already out of the band about four years by this time but like a lot of this is about that experience so there's a lot of weird like psychological type stuff in here but um, this one is known mostly I'm trying to find my tab so the woman's voice here this is a woman called Claire Tory. She was, uh, who is still with us and is 75 years old and was a singer and uh, out of, um, where is she born in? Uh, Marylebone. Marylebone, where's that? Not far from where my mum lives. Okay. Yep, West London. Northwest London. North Central. Ah, uh, Central London. So she was, you know, performer doing a lot of, I think she was a successful singer doing like cover stuff and things like, you know, you sing at nightclubs and play these things. And and they wanted somebody to do this singing. And the guy who's the producer was Alan Parsons of Alan's Parsons Project and all that stuff. He did a lot of production. He actually did Abbey Road. He was at Abbey Road originally. He did one of the major, maybe it was the Abbey Road album. I can't remember. But the, um, so they bring her in there and they go go to town and like she's sort of struggling with it at the start and then she's I don't know whether she came with the idea or they came with the idea just be like you're playing an instrument like no words you're just gonna go like do this stuff and try to do over it she does two and a half takes because basically she does one of them and then the second one and then when she's halfway through the third one she basically abandons it because she feels like she's kind of doing the same thing she did last time but um, they didn't like clip the pieces together and stuff like that they they pay her 30 pounds <laughs> And they send her on her way and, like, make no mention of back that they were, like, blown away by this stuff. And then, uh, so, there's actually, like, so anyway, this becomes, like, her main claim to fame. Okay. Because, obviously, it's asking who she is. And I think, you know, like, I think she performed with them later on when they did concerts and things like that. And at some point, she sued him, I think, in the eight, early 80s. 
<laughs> she 2004. Like she was 2004 for pounds. royalties. Because the theory is like, she really wrote a part of the song. She didn't write it on a piece of paper, but she wrote this. this it's a musical composition that she put together it's, it's on the, the fly. Ja- they the didn't jam- write it. They didn't, the jazz they, they, they didn't say, like, yeah, sing yeah, these yeah. notes. Yeah. And she's like, yeah. I, I'm out there yeah. doing that stuff. And apparently, I think she settled for it or something like that. It does point out that 30 pounds uh, for that work is the equivalent of two, uh, 400 pounds of 2022. Exactly. Now, and I think now that if you get the album, it says like credit. She has a credit. Like it didn't have a credit, which I think is fair. It is interesting. I mean, there, there, there. As, as, an, as a tangential aside, the other week I tried listening to Tubular Bells again. Haven't listened to that in years. The Mike Oldfield. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And I listened for about twenty minutes, and then I'm like, yeah, I'm done with this. Is crap. <laughs> I, I'm not. I am not. Well, so th- there are things like that. Like I, I, my habit. Like I've got a, I've got a Spotify playlist that's I call random songs. Where is my copy of War of the Worlds? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> R- that are just random songs where it's just like, oh, it's that one song I like from so yeah. and so. Some of it's one hit wonders. Some of it's just like a song I got exposed. It wasn't even a hit, but just something got there. And it's also and I listen to that all the time. But I'm always half the time because it's too damn convenient now. And my, I will listen to about wow. half of it and I go, let me skip ahead and see what's next. Let me because now I've gotten the yeah. I've gotten the feel and when you've listened to these songs so often. But this I, I might do that on this, but I like if somebody said let's listen to Dark Side of the Moon on a drive. Totally do fine. It. Yeah. Put it on. Yeah. Let, let it yeah. go through because that is Whereas I'm gonna give a comparison to another concept album and that and that is a very broad term. I, you know I love the Who. Yeah. I've I've got I think I've I've got I've got my I've downloaded my copy of Tommy Summer. Yeah, yeah. But I never sit and listen to Tommy. No, I, mean, I go I go through and I don't, uh, that one with no. Yeah, yeah. Uncle Ernie. Right. You know, like you know, there's a couple of songs in there. You're like, eh. Whereas Dark Side of the Moon, I think to be fair, I, you can do that, but ultimately you know, you you know you're skipping over something, but you're not trying to avoid something. And I think that maybe that is the true test of a concept album. So to be fair, even. Even Sergeant Pepper. There's a couple of songs where if I've if I've got a free hand, I'm like, oh, I actually don't really like that one. Yeah, and, yeah. and you'll just That's move right. forward to the next one, and you're. What makes it interesting is that neither song, the one you've skipped over or the one you've skipped to, is damaged by that omission. Yeah. And in a strange way, that's because your brain fills it. Well, like, but, it's like it's like you listen to the whole. Yeah, thing. but also ultimately, a, the, the true the true sign of a of a of a concept album is you can't do that. Like you can do it, but what I'm saying is, I think with with Dark Side of the Moon, it really works. Where I want to That's what I'm saying. So this this money, of course, was like sort of the the hit, and it's probably the closest to like a regular pop song. Yeah. I try, I thought I I can't remember what album the um. There's another one that people used to always do in acoustic guitar, like coffee house type of things. But I was thinking it's on this another song, but I'm but I don't. It's not this one. And it is only ten songs. Wish you were here. That's the song I was wish thinking you, of, which he, is on a yeah, different album. Which but, is on a different album. Yeah. Which is isn't wish you isn't that the name of the album? Probably that makes. Sense. I think it's the title track to Wish You Were Here. I think. So that's the other. Thing. I bet you this is like the album. Like a lot of people, it's the only Pink Floyd album they have. It's the only Pink Floyd album they've ever really listened to. Because Pink Floyd had like very different stuff to the beginning, and then it got kind of weird and eightiesy in the yeah. This, this would be like this would be play it out. Are we done with our podcast? We could just go from here. Yeah, we could do that. We can come back to the other stuff. <laughs> yeah, I think that I think there's definitely some more music thing, but uh, <laughs> we put our headphones on. This is good enough. Actually, that's the other. This is one of these albums. This is really for headphones. Like if you, oh yeah, you yeah, know you're like, not you wrong know. about that. I even 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 like. Um, I think even the earbuds are not quite as good. Like you want, like we got our over-ear studio headphones because it like kind of it kind of covers you up and you know, isolates everything out yes. like in a natural way. That's what you like need. Like you want to get lost. This is an album to get lost in. Yeah, yeah. So leave us with us and them. This has been the Atlantic Voice Podcast. I'm Zef, <laughs> and I'm the AI Chat GPT. <laughs> oh no, no, Americ. Yeah, that's me still. Take care. Just enjoyed Eric and Zeph on the Atlantic Voice podcast. 
Follow us on Twitter at Atlantic underscore voice. You can find the show at Libsyn.com, iTunes, and of course at AtlanticVoice.net. Email us at AtlanticVoice at gmail.com. And now on YouTube, search for The Atlantic Voice. The Atlantic Voice, 3,000 miles of opinion.